0: One of my favorite holidays this week, not Black Friday. I love all the time with family. I love the the little bit slower pace. I love the food. The best thing about the day is it's one more day before Mariah Carey takes over the world. Some of you have already put up your Christmas tree, and in 25 minutes we'll be singing an invitation song. I love Thanksgiving. I really do. Always have. It seems to be one of those things that's a little bit slower pace, and some of you don't believe that because you're the one making the food, and I, I get that. It's, it's, there's more to be done than just laying around watching, you know, watching the lions lose. But it does seem to be one of those days where everyone just kind of has a little bit slower pace overall. I've always loved it, and as followers of God, we know. That the concept of thanksgiving is a biblical and a spiritual concept. Now sometimes this time of year we're, we're told by people that we shouldn't necessarily call it thanksgiving. We should talk about being living because it should be one of those things that just is constant in our lives. And that's true. It's one of those things that, that can't be just held within. For it's true to truly be the giving of thanks means it has to play out in our lives. And we've taken that concept and given a different title for this morning's lesson. But Congress lesson this morning, thanksgiving is more than a noun. Because in a sense, the word is a noun. It is a holiday, it's a thing. It's a, it's a date on the calendar. It's something that brings us together. It's something that we look forward to. But we also know that for it to truly be the giving of thanks. It's an action. It's a verb. It takes thought and then takes expression. And of all the people in the world, we should be the ones who understand that more than anyone else. The half-brother of our Lord reminds remind us that every good and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. James chapter 1 and verse 17. We're going to refer back to that verse in a few moments. But I want you to turn your Bibles so to those two verses that we read a few minutes ago. Psalm 9 verses 1 and 2. Because using just those two verses this morning, I want to see that in those couple of verses, David gives us sort of an outline of what it means to be people of thanks. And since this is poetry, and since in those two verses there are four lines, we're going to make one point from each of those four lines. We're going to have four observations this morning about what it means to have true gratitude, true thanksgiving. If you mark in your Bible and want to write these out the side, just a reminder of what it means to, to have and to be people of of thanks first of all consider there must be a depth to our thanks as David begins this poem he writes I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart now if you to translate the last part of that verse you could actually translate it this way with my entire inner being because you know that the word heart in Scripture really means that that inward stuff, things like our thinking and our will and our emotion, it's all that, that inward stuff that, that we talk about, we talk about the, the heart of the matter. And that's what David is saying, that's what the Hebrew actually means. With, with everything that is within me, all that inward stuff, I will give thanks to the Lord. Now I want you to keep that phrase in mind, and I want you to tie it in your thinking to one of the most famous things Jesus ever said. You recall in Mark chapter 12, Jesus was asked, which is the great commandment of them all? You could translate that, which is the chief commandment of them all? Of all the commandments that are in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, the rest of them in Exodus, all those found in Leviticus, all those restated in Deuteronomy, of all those 600 and something commands, which one is the chief one? And you remember that Jesus gave them a twofer, right? The second one, He said, is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But what was the first one, He said, the one that that was like? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then he said, this is the first or the chief commandment. That word all just kind of jumps off the page, doesn't it? In each of those cases, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And it's interesting that in that statement that Jesus gave, three of those four, everything but strength is an inward thing. Heart, soul, and mind. That's the idea, tie it back to Psalm 9, that's the idea behind what David is saying when he says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my entire inner being, with my whole heart. If it's true that we're to love our God with everything that is within us, then does that not tie to our giving of thanks to Him? Because it comes from within. It comes from a disposition that says, I want to give thanks because I know from whom my blessings come. Now it's true that sometimes to give thanks with our whole heart can be difficult. I think every one of us we're honest, will say, you know, I, I've struggled with that at some point. Maybe i struggle struggled with it a lot. Sometimes it's because of, of sin. You know, We're commanded to be thankful and sometimes we have sin in our lives and it causes us to, to not be thankful or that's the sin we're committing. But just for, just for right now, let's set that aside for a moment. Let's say, Just practically speaking, sometimes we struggle to be thankful with everything that we have. Maybe we're just distracted. Maybe we're just not feeling very grateful in the moment. Maybe we just don't see certain things in the moment. It's true that happens. But I think it's also true, and I think we all know it hopefully from experience, that when that happens, one of the best ways to begin to move past that it's to just keep giving thanks, It's to see a few things, to see a handful of things, and to realize that as I give thanks for those few things, I begin to be more and more and more grateful for more and more and more things, and then it becomes with my whole heart. It's not fake it till you make it, because hopefully you're not faking it, but it may be more along the lines of acting your way into a better way of feeling where I know what I'm supposed to be doing, as I begin to act on that, I begin to feel that deeper gratitude. There is a depth in true thanksgiving because it comes from the whole heart. But also, there is a delineation. I sometimes wonder if we sing the word the, the song, excuse me, count, count Your Blessings, I sometimes wonder if the second line of Psalm 9-1 wasn't sore in the back of the mind of the author. When we sing that song, Count Your Blessings, and, and David in that line says, I will recount... All your wonderful deeds. Now sometimes when we sing the song, Count Your Blessings, we have a sermon about that particular song or something, we'll we'll be reminded that it's really impossible to do that. But it may not be. I mean in Psalm 9 that David is saying, I'm going to recount literally every last single thing God has ever done. Because if you read the entire poem, David sort of focuses in on a couple of areas of his life. He talks about dealing with enemies. He talks about God raising up the oppressed and some things like that. And so what he may mean in the context of the poem is, I'm going to recount all the wonderful things that God has done in those areas of my life. But here's the thing. Even if that's what he meant, would that not become a really long list really fast? If we really begin to think even about a particular circumstance, or even begin to think about a, just a particular thing in our life, we begin to think, okay, what can I thank God for about this? That list can get really, really long, really, really fast. Because every good and perfect gift, that sounds familiar, almost like something we quoted a few minutes ago, is from above. That's where we come back to James 1, verse 17. Every good thing we have is from Him. And so there are times in our lives where that's easier than others. There are times it's easier to to make a list, if you will, to think about it. And it's also a reminder of what Paul would say in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. Paul did not write, he did not write in that verse, give thanks for all circumstances. He wrote, give thanks in all circumstances. Circumstances. Are there times in our life where it's harder to find things to be thankful for? Certainly there are. But if we are followers of God, in every circumstance, there is something for which we can be thankful. You, you've probably heard the people tell different versions of the story before about the man who was a Christian, a follower of God, and he kind of went through a, a job time in his life. His his health began to fail him. He, he had a financial downturn, he lost his business, in the middle of all that he lost his spouse. And one of his neighbors, who was not a Christian, didn't believe in God at all, thought, okay, this is where he turns on God. He said, uh, how in the world can, can you possibly be thankful when all this terrible stuff is happening to you? And the man said, that's easy. I'm thankful it's not always like this. Well, in all circumstances, give thanks. Sometimes the list might be that short. But it's a reminder that when we begin to think about what God has done, well, what does a song say? It will surprise you what the Lord has done in every circumstance. And sometimes we might struggle to do that. So I, I found this. This is not original with me. But one writer suggested that these are, these are five things you can do to help you sort of count your blessings or name your blessings. He said, first of all, you need to remember, that is, maybe actually write down God's blessings in the moment or in a particular circumstance. Maybe there's a a part of my life where I really struggle to be thankful, so maybe I need to actually remember and write down, here is where God has blessed me, here is what God has done, or what God has withheld that has helped me in this. He said, second of all, We need to refocus. what he meant by that was, we need to spend more time in the Word of God so that we're seeing the world through the lens that God would have have us see it through. As we focus on the Word of God, it refocuses the things that we see that we should be thankful for. He then said that we need to move forward. Now he wasn't saying by that, that if I'm in a difficult time, that I don't act as if it's not real. And I don't take time to to grieve or to deal with that. It's not what he's saying at all. But what he was saying was, at some point, look for the good and begin to move forward from that difficult thing and see how looking for things to be thankful for does not help you move out of or move move further from that difficult, even tragic situation. For, he says, to trust God. Now that may be the most obvious one on the list, but here's why this man wrote this. God has promised to bless us. Do we trust that He has or not? Now that's a simple question. But if there are things in every circumstance for which I can be thankful, and God has said, I'll take care of you, I'll never leave you, all these things, then do I trust Him or not that that's true? And then five, he says, is to hope no matter what you might be going through in this life, the ultimate blessing is not here. Christians can be thankful because no matter what we are going through here, up or down or somewhere in the middle, our greatest blessings aren't here. Our greatest blessings are beyond this life. And so there is always something to be thankful for, no matter how far down in the valley we might be, because we have something far better, far greater. As Paul wrote in Philippians, it is far better to be with Christ, do we ever count our blessings? I don't want to jump too far ahead in the lesson, but we're going to get to sort of the, the public side of this in a moment. But, you know, recounting our deeds, if, if we or God's deeds, excuse me, if we continue to read the poem, David seems to make it clear as going to be done before other people. Do, do other people ever hear me? Or read things that I write that say that God really has blessed me, that there are really things to be thankful for? Number three, there is direction. As David begins what we know is verse 2, he says, I will be glad and exult in you. Now I really probably should call this directions, plural. Because in that one simple little line, what David really does is give us the direction from which our blessings come and the direction to which our thanks should go. In other words, the direction from which what we are thankful for comes, and then the direction to which our thanks should be sent. But think about how David writes this. The idea of being in God, a thankfulness there. He says, "I'll, I'll be glad there. True gladness is only found in God. Are there things in this world that might give us a smile for a moment? Yeah. And that's a good thing. But true gladness, true joy, is only found in God. And he says, I'll exalt in you. Not exalt. He's not saying I will exalt you. He's saying I will exalt. I will will have a, a praise in you. True exalting, true joy from the depths is only from God also. And so, the direction from which our blessings come, the things for which we are thankful, they come from God. And so, then, when that is true, the direction that our praise goes, if you will, is to God. But I want us to think for a moment about why that's true. And as you could write entire books on this subject, but. This is meant to be sort of a simpler lesson, just an encouraging lesson. So let me give just a couple of reasons why that is true, that God is the basis for things, but also then why our true gladness and true joy is sent to Him and thanks. One reason is because God transcends everything of this life for which we can be thankful. If there is anything in this life for which we're thankful, and that's fine, God is greater than that. In fact, God gave it. If there is any word of encouragement we receive from someone else, God is greater than that. In other words, any blessing we have, God transcends that blessing. And so then the only proper direction for our thanks is to Him because He has transcended that for which we are giving thanks. But then this is also true, we've already mentioned it, because our greatest reason to give thanks is only because of Him, our hope of heaven. In fact, in this very same book of the Bible, in Psalm 39 and verse 7, the same penman, Dave would write, my hope is in You." You tie those two concepts together and it's no wonder then that the writer of Hebrews in the New Testament would tell us that hope is a sure and steadfast anchor for our souls. The thing for which we should be most thankful is something that far transcends this life. It's not just, quote unquote, what helps us make it through life. It's what helps us to remember there's a life beyond this one. And only God can give that blessing. Only God can give that level of hope. And so then, the praise that we have goes toward or to Him. But it's based on what He has already given to us, And so what then happens as these two lines come to a close, two verses come to a close, is a very, very natural outflow as David talks about a declaration. If, if all these blessings are from God, if, if, if we're thanking God and all those things, then as someone who loves God, as someone who's writing this poem and all, all these things, it's almost as if David says, I just can't hold it in anymore. I will sing praise to your name." God's people have always been thankful people, but God's people have also always been singing people. And part of that is tied to our gratitude. It's tied to the fact that we're thankful for what God has given to us. And we just, it's, it's as if we just can't hold in anymore. I want to think about this as far as sort of public thanks, if you will, from a couple of different angles. Because we know the New Testament teaches us to be people who are thankful, and in fact, who express that gratitude in Psalm. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, singing and admonishing one another with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And he says, with thanksgiving unto God. It's all tied together. But what does that mean as far as our singing in a couple of ways? One is to each other. In other words, to our fellow Christians, we know, hopefully, that our singing primarily is vertical. That is, it's toward God. We are praising Him when we sing, as we've done this morning already. But Colossians 3.16 other passages also make it really, really clear that there is, for lack of a better way of putting it, a, a horizontal sense in our singing. We, we're teaching each other. We're, we're admonishing, lifting up, even warning each other by the words that we sing. And one way that happens is when I can just know that you are filled with gratitude to God. It just comes out in, in the, the way that you want to teach and admonish in those songs, those lyrics of those songs that we sing to God primarily, but also to one another. Think in just a few moments, and it will be a few moments, when we sing the invitation song. Is that directed to God? Well, yes, and praise, but we're not inviting God to respond. We're inviting each other if the need is there to respond. One way we do that, behind that is, we're grateful that God has given us the opportunity and the way to respond. But I also want to suggest to you, this idea of of praise and thanks in our singing has a meaning to those who aren't Christians. Maybe you invite someone to come to worship with you and, you're a teenager and you invite one of your friends to, to come to church with you, maybe it's on your ball team or go, is in class with you, and they actually show up and, oh man, now they're going to find out I can't hit the high note. Now, now, now they're going to they're have to hear me sing. Oh, I, I might even not say the words right, and the words are right up there. I don't no. This should be the greatest opportunity for you to show how thankful you are to God because you are combining your voices with dozens and dozens and dozens of others who are also showing how grateful they are to God. And I may not hit the note. I may not hit any of the notes. I may mess up a word here or there. But that one who's not a Christian is going to wonder, why do these people do this with such fervor and happiness? And where does that come from? I'm sometimes asked by places how do we how do we improve our congregational singing? And the young people who are at the retreat know know some of these things, but there, there's a lot of technical things you can talk about. You know, you can talk about making sure people actually sit up or stand up or whatever you can talk about, you know, looking up at the screens if you're using a book, make sure you can talk about all the all the practical stuff and that's all helpful of course. And it does sound better when when that kind of stuff happens. the number one way to improve congregational singing is to have a room full of people whose hearts are filled with gratitude to God. That's it. That's it. Because a room full of people whose hearts are filled with gratitude to God cannot help but express it. And that's why David ends these couple of lines basically by just exploding with these words, I will sing praise to Your name. I'm told that you can translate the phrase Thanksgiving Day into various languages loosely, and it will loosely translate to the day of action of thanks. And we, you know, Whether that's true or not, we know it's the case. Because if Thanksgiving is never expressed, then it's not really Thanksgiving. It's not really the giving of thanks. God's people, of all people, should know that thanksgiving really is more than a noun. It's an action. It's something that must be thought and then expressed. For all that God in mercy sends, for health and children, home and friends, for comfort in the time of need, for every kindly word and deed, for happy thoughts and holy talk, for guidance in our daily walk, in everything give thanks. For beauty in this world of ours, for verdant glass and lovely flowers, for song of birds, for hum of bees, for refreshing summer breeze, for hill and plain, for streams and wood, for the great ocean's mighty flood, in everything give thanks. For sweet sleep which comes with night, for the returning morning's light, for the stars glittering in the sky, for these and everything we see, O Lord our hearts, we lift to Thee in everything give thanks." We should be the most thankful people on the face of the earth. And that thanks should find expression. Have you taken time to actually do what the name of the holiday says. To give thanks. The ultimate way we do that is by giving God exactly what Jesus said in Mark chapter 12. All of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. Have you given God your all? He's done more than we could ever name. And all He asks of us is to live for Him. If you haven't given Him your life, or if you aren't living that thankful life honoring Him, will you come? Always sing and sing to encourage you.